Be following Willie Moore and Moore. Back in the NRL. There's Willie Moore. That's forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25 minute man. Wow. Oh, you got skills, son. Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Too fancy for you. Welcome to episode number three of the Take with Willie Mason. I am Ian Byrne and I am locked in an underground bunker in isolation <laughs> with William Mason. Willie, welcome. Yes, it's uh, it's a bit weird. It's it's um it's uncharted territory for everybody, isn't it? Being locked in a room with you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the whole world. I think uh, it's it's bizarre. The last couple of days, the last sort of week, you know, things have gotten crazy. It has escalated quickly, and I mean, obviously, there's. A lot of health concerns, which, you know, is first and Mm. foremost in people's minds. There's obviously a lot of experts giving a lot of different advice. My strong advice to people is stop hoarding stuff because it's just creating massive dramas for the rest of us. And we were going to talk only in regards to rugby league. Yeah. I mean, we can talk, you know, what's how it's affecting the world, but like it is affecting rugby league. It is, this is effectively a rugby league show. You know, but I, I always wonder, you know, I just wonder, I think about the little people that's involved in this game. Uh, you know, the players will be fine. You know, the CEOs, the coaches, everybody like that. But, like, it's the arena workers. It's the little people that that really rely on the NRL for their income. Well, like, let's think about it, though. Just say they shut the game down. And, I mean, they're, they're fighting tooth and nail not have to do that. If they shut the game down, there's a chance that the clubs are going to have to say to the players, you're not getting paid. You're yeah. not playing. I don't so think... as a player, mm. would, you, would you cop that? Would you say, yeah, no worries, I'm prepared to for the good of the game and for the good of the club? It's, it is very it's, – it, this, is, this is the sort of talks that this might happen. Mm. Um, you know, nobody's saying that, that it's not going to happen. It's so bizarre for me to even talk about it. I've never been in this, in this situation. Players have never been in this situation the whole hundred and – 15, 20 years that we've been going. So for them to if, – if the club come to me and goes, oh, look, basically you've got to take a pay cut, you know, you'd be going straight to the RLPA, which is doing everything, all for the players. But uh, for the greater good of the game, you probably would. Yeah. And I think James Graham come out and echoed those, uh, echoed those words and said, look, the players will, would take a pay cut for the game to grow. I mean – not the growth, to but to survive. Yeah. This is this is uncharted territory for everybody in every sport. Don't get me wrong. This I know that you know. Uh, I think Mr. Valandis has come out this week and said some stuff about government assistance and all this. I think he might have got might have got taken out of context. So I think Valandis and and Greenberg have been been outstanding with their leadership. What's been going on in the last week or so? But saying stuff like. We need government assistance. This is this is a little bit raw for. Um, but mate, we talked about it last week, and I said Valandis did a terrific job with yeah. racing. Mate, the bloke is ruthless. Yeah, he's ruthless. Paid to go out. And yeah, he's the only one really that's come out out of any sporting code. Like rugby union's going bankrupt. Mm. He's the only bloke that's come. Yeah, out and said, I just think it was a little bit insensitive when he said, "Look, we need we want government assistance," and because of the fact that there's people down south that haven't got homes. For the mm. fires, there's there's people um, there's there's and and for saying, oh because it's not our fault, not I'm paraphrasing, but pretty much he said that. 
Look at the guys out who are farmers. Like, is it their fault that it doesn't fucking rain for yeah. like ten years, and their crops have been hammered by everything else, and they're lost? They've lost millions upon millions every single year. So my heart goes out to that, to those people out there, and the people that's been through so many natural disasters. Like, this is a disaster. What's happening? Like, what about on this a different? Year? I mean, this whole year's fucked up. I'm Maybe telling you. Let's down, just let's end it now. Let's end it right now. But you're down on the south coast. Yeah. you lose your house, uh, and, and I can. I, I fully. I fully. So I just think with the government assistance, I understand where he was going, but if he elaborated on a little bit, if he elaborated a little bit, everybody would understand what he's talking about. Because the, the amount of money that the NRL contributes to the economy, that's what he's trying to say. Yeah. With with the jobs affected, as I just said, the arena workers, everybody who comes off the with, you know, the arena workers and everybody who is a part of the game and, and is associated every single weekend, they pump money into the economy. The people that go to the games pump money into the economy, buying tickets, all that kind of stuff. So I know what he's getting at because I'm part of the game and I know what it's about, but he could have worded it a little bit better or they could have, like, I don't know, edited it a little bit better. But I know what he was saying. He's been, he's doing some great leadership and so is Todd Greenberg because, as I said, uncharted territory. These guys don't know what the hell is going to happen tomorrow. This could totally change. It's it's unbelievable. It's probably I, I know, stopped Philandy stabbing Greenberg in the back for a couple. Yeah, of weeks. they're probably going to be mates. They'll be mates. But like, then he'll get him. back to back to taking pay cuts. I'm not sure whether all the players have been involved in that. I mean, if you're on 500, 600, maybe a mil a year, you might take fifty thousand. Yeah. Maybe a hundred. But if what if you're on a hundred? Yeah. You know, it's, it, it, it varies. Player. It yeah. varies. So I'm pretty sure the RLPA have got the boys back. Though they won't have to take a pay cut. Because the game will survive. I can understand why they've said we are not going to cancel the NRL season or so suspend it, or postpone. So much they, of it depends on broadcast. It does it? broadcast. 70% of our money is broadcasting and TV rights. 30% is the clubs, the revenue, what people come through the gates. So people need to understand that. So how long can we sustain if we just go, all right, we'll suspend it for two, three, four, five months? What happens with Origin? We, 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 we look at Origin and go, we need about you know, 40, 50 mil through Origin. Like it, it, it's going to take its toll. Like, and we, talk the players will play for free. I mean, I think most players will play I for think free most – I know, I know as a player and me, if this got dealt – to me right now, I mean, not right now, but me as a player, I'll be like, you know what, just, just keep the fucking game going, guys. Because mm. like, I think the players have that camaraderie together and they know it's upon them to carry the torch. Like, this game has never seen this shit before and it's up to the players from any every NRL club and all the coaches and all the administrators and everybody who's involved in the game to keep this great game going. Because if we, if we just go, okay, we're done, like, this game could fucking end. Like let's yeah. not let's not. I don't think it will end because we can survive a fucking. I was going to like say, yeah, like <laughs> like a, I was going to say something else, but yeah. that would be very bad PC. It's, um, but it's I think I think it's, I think these players. I think Gal said, "Look, just suck it up." I'm not going to say suck it up, but just just deal with whatever consequences are coming your way and whatever you need to do to keep our great game going. All the current players, I'm pretty sure I don't have to tell them. But just just do it. Guys that play through wars, like just think about the history of our game. Yeah, yeah. World War One, World War Two, Vietnam, there was people, there was players that had to go through that shit. Now it's out now it's your turn. Through Super League, different comps. We had to bring it back together. I was part of that. Had to bring the game back together and make it grow again. 
everyone has to play their part to grow this game. So it's up to these young kids now. It's up to the leaders like Cameron Smith. It's up to everybody like who's involved in the game to galvanise and and grow this game. I think it's a great opportunity for us to really show some some leadership in sports in Australia. Until they get told from the government who's getting told by the higher-ups, you know, you can go down this whole conspiracy fucking theory, go down the rabbit hole again. again. But they need to galvanise and just – just don't give up until the government goes, all right, your game's done. Well, You're you suspended. Know, there's, there's two things really. There's two main things that at the moment could derail the whole thing that they're trying to do. The first thing is if a player gets it because then all of a sudden yeah. if a player gets it, they're gonzers. The second thing is – Obviously, Jacinda Ardern, the, the president, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, has put a travel ban, mm. so the Warriors are now yeah, trapped. Man. So if the Warriors go back, basically they're you know they have to isolate for fourteen. Yeah. So the Warriors are out of the comp. Yeah. Essentially, now there's been two suggestions, I guess, to overcome that. The first one was that if Warriors players want to go back, then they can have players on loan. Um, so blokes that are, I guess. In the 23 of other clubs, yeah. but they want to start making a lot of play. good first graders around that There's aren't a lot getting of good a run. First graders. The second suggestion, which I absolutely love, is put all of the first grade rugby league players in a resort, mm. stick them all in one spot, right? And then they can all live there like a big Melrose place. One of my mates, Nico, hello, Nico, it's good to speak to Gold you. Gold Coast? Mate. Mate, he said, what about this for a reality TV show? That should be a reality TV show. Imagine having every single... Imagine that. Oh, man. I think think that that's a little bit far-fetched, but in saying that, I know there's talks, and I spoke to the great Clint Newton today, and he gave me the rundown of how the players are going and what what they're sort of working out. And if it comes to it, the players are willing to do that. They are? They are, because if, if you're grabbing... If you're grabbing like I'm not sure how many players. Just say 500 players between all 16 teams. You grab all, all the administrate, all the coaches, and all that kind of stuff. All the staff. Yeah, I think they're willing to do that because they know what what role What's they the have. Stake? Like yeah. when I say, look, the whole game. If you get told, or if I get told, if look, you guys, you guys hold the key to this whole NRL. You need to like keep going. Mm. You and you do anything because you love the game. Gone, the money goes out the window. All that stuff. It's it's about it's about keeping our game alive. And these kids have a responsibility. And the and the guys like Todd Greenburn and and Volandis, like they they know that they know what's at stake. It's, it's this is fucking worldwide, man. It's touching everybody. So, I mean, these kids have got such great responsibility to keep our game going. It's just, it sounds like a fucking movie, but well, we've, we've talked in the past about Mad Mondays and how basically what they need to do is just put them all in a room, <laughs> lock the lock the doors, shut the windows. Yeah, man. Do they need to do that with a town? Like if if every single rugby league player goes to a town, would they need to oh, evacuate, you the, town? evacuate the town <laughs> and just leave that fucking rug, that whole NRL in that and then, in that little circumference? Give them a fifty kilometer radius, and no one's allowed to leave. Yeah. No one's allowed to enter. It's like Thunderdome. 100% like Thunderdome. That's the only way there won't be any shits course. So Gladstone, I know there's a couple of good strip joints up there. No, so you, don't. Stay- you wouldn't know anything about that, William. The other, the other suggestion that there's been, um, and I guess this is actually not a bad idea, but they've, they're putting in $800 million into the ANZ redevelopment. Right? Yeah, yeah. Now, if they pulled that back and they put that $800 million into – we're we talking government? Sporting coach? Yeah, of course, because yeah. it's a government spend. 
you know, it's a state government spend, so they're, they're obviously, you know, they would have to agree that to something with the federal government. Mm. But at the end of the day, $800 million, I mean, Rugby Union can do with it, that's for sure. The yeah. Rugby League can do with it. Everyone... Do we need a new stadium at ANZ as opposed to proper? No, we don't. We don't. I was out there, um, a couple of young kids, you know, come down from the country, the guys um, down near Bega. Uh, I had to show them through the, the New South Wales, where we train, all that kind of stuff, and then take them through Homebush. Uh, it doesn't need propping up. Not yet. Not when there's a, not when there not is when a, crisis. a crisis like this. Corona when crisis. <laughs> it's a corona crisis. Um, not when it's like this. They don't – when they could put it somewhere else, you know, they, it doesn't need propping up. It's a stadium that it could last another 10 years. But, you know, if everything's going all right, yeah, I'll do it. But shit just hit the fan. Yeah, it did, didn't it? This is – I mean, this is unheard of, to be honest. And, and it is difficult because, I mean, people – going back to the individuals and I guess – Everybody's trying to do what they can to get through this whole thing, but people are behaving pretty average. Mm. And I think, you know, if this is if this is a modern day Anzac spirit, then I'll tell you what, all these toilet paper stealing flogs yeah. and shooting each other in the trenches. I just think, yeah, I think with um you know, with our our sort of generation, the people that are here and what we're living now, if we haven't been through much as a as a society, unless you're like in the seventies and start seventy years old and plus, like you've been through like a you know, World War Two and recessions and stuff like that. But, like, we haven't been through shit. No. We haven't lived. We're not like those old diggers who've been through World War One and Two. They've no, they've been through recessions, depressions, all that kind of stuff. You we're know, going through so plenty of shit at the moment. We're going we through a lot of stuff and it's no like... toilet paper. <laughs> it's, like we used to, it's good that we've got, you know, some sort of leadership in our country. We I need think it. one thing that's important that we should say is that even if the games are cancelled, we will definitely still be. I mean, we're, we're only a new podcast. Mm. We've only just started, but we will continue. We will continue. And, uh, yeah, just a, fr- just a little quick question. Obviously, you know, you've got the French, the, uh, the French people have closed their whole fucking city down. Yeah. No one can leave their houses. Yeah. Uh, even Italy and even New York to a certain extent. Um, what happens, like, just say if you're 18 to, just say, 30 right now in Sydney, in Australia, you can still, like, I mean, all this shit going on right now, you can still go out on the weekend and go nuts. What happens when that everything is going to come to a complete halt, I reckon, in about maybe a week or two? If I'm 18 to 30, if I'm 18 what are you to doing? 30, mate, what I'm doing is I'm going and I'm buying all the alcohol I can afford and I'm getting on Tinder. And I am self-isolating with as many different people as I can self-isolate with. That's yeah. what I'm doing. But I'm just saying, I just, I just look at it and just go, wow. I just, keep, I forget that I'm nearly forty and I don't really hit the streets that much. So uh, it's different. Like when you put your, you know, put your mind into it, like a twenty-five-year-old, they're just waiting to get, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They're going out and getting it. They're, mm. they're doing whatever they want. And I don't think the coronavirus is on their mind when they're going out. I know no. what society's like now. People are going crazy. So. The drink sharing, the shots, all that sort of shit. How do you go out and have this distance between people? Like things are gotta have things are gonna have to shut down. And you know, I feel I feel so sorry for just your average person, man, like your club owners, your your cafe owners, the fruit fruit fruiterers and all that kind of stuff. You know, I was walking down Ruba Junction today, I was like, damn, you know, this is got this all these places are gonna they're gonna close soon. Because hmm. they have to. They're gonna get forced to to get locked down because you know, I think the Aussies still have that mentality. So, you know, we'll be right, mate, we'll be right. Because we're sort of the last sort of nation to get it because we're so fucking far away from everybody. But it's going to happen. And so get, I think I think 
Personally, not, I, what I'm worried about is is the old, older old, older people, probably 75 plus. Like this is where where sports people need to get get over themselves, or younger people get over themselves because we can survive this. Because all it is is a is a bit of a flu, isn't it? Yeah, it, I and mean, yeah, it in, is. But it like, is. I'm worried about if I get it and I don't even know, and I talk to some older elderly person, and then they die. You know what I mean? People have to worry about that. The, the little kids are going to school and they've got a, gra- uh, a granddad and stuff like that who's like 80 and then you just fuck around with him and talk to him, whatever, and then he's dead. That sort of conscious, you, that sort of shit you don't want on your conscious ever. Hmm. You know, so that's the sort of stuff I worry about. I worry about mental health. I worry about people who have been just, if, if you suffer from anxiety and depression and all this sort of, all these other mental health problems, you're gonna you're gonna need some help, man. You yeah. know, like you, you can't think that you're gonna go. You, you've been working nine to five. You've got everything in order in your whole life for the last ten years or whatever. You got a family, this and that. And then all of a sudden, bang! You lose your job. You got to go home with your kids, and you got to deal with your family and all that kind of shit. Like, and people have anxiety problems, man. It's real. Like you're a pharmacist, you know that. How many things that you're giving out all the time? It's like it hits society. I'm worried. I'm worried how it hits. Hits the just your normal sort of average Joe person. It's gonna hit them hard, you know. And I worry about that stuff. And I worry about the elderly. And I worry. And I and I look at these fucking idiots on TV and all through Instagram, like just being greedy fuckers. You know what I mean? Like taking all the toilet paper, taking all the sanitizers, taking all the baby foods. Like just take for what you need. Like just be careful what you're doing. Like because it's older people and younger people they can't do what you're doing stop being so greedy it's brought out the fucking worst in us I've never seen Australia act like this yeah I never thought that we would but we have done it like like I think you know it's, just, and, it's you terrible know. what's happening I just I've watched it and I've watched it on on just I've, I've even seen it in person when I've gone down to the shops I was down there today I was getting a fresh haircut yeah, this fresh fade, you see it, eh? Anyway, I was getting a haircut and I walked past um, Coles and Audi. It was fucking done. It was people packed through these places. Like it's like like we're going through like some sort of, you know, like the bubonic plague, like some people getting killed and you, know, you can't get the street. Like we're acting like idiots. We've lost a lot of perspective. I mean, as you mentioned. I mean, I, but the whole I, world's doing this shit now. I, I work in health and it's been pretty average looking at, you know, and pe- people need to understand that there's not a problem with supply. That's it's not. There's no manufacturing issues the issue is purely now that demand is outstripping supply and people that are vulnerable are going to end up with no medications and medicines are not toilet paper and it's a serious issue now mate despite making one of the greatest podcasts of all time Mm. one thing we are not good at is social media so i know how popular you are on social media me less so but do you reckon you can help us get some more social media following yeah i think so um look i'm 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 usually not too bad on social media. Sometimes really, really, really shit. But uh, yeah, just follow us on Twitter. It's the Mason's Take at Mason's Take and Instagram, and Facebook at the Take with Willie Mason. So give us a follow on our Twitter page, Mason's Take, and Instagram and Facebook at the Take with Willie Mason. And I think I'd like to really uh, just get involved and answer everyone's questions. And if you've got a question for us next week, we might answer it and put it on the Take. So, um, yeah, rip in, guys. Will you answer my question? None of yours. We are going to move on, Mm. William, to the round one highlights. Now, for me, I think there were some sides that really performed well Mm. and there were some sides that performed 
poorly. Yeah. But overall, it was a pretty good round of footy. Yeah, it was. I reckon it was. Um, we started off with the Bulldogs versus Power. It was an aggressive game. It was a real aggressive game. And Parramatta had all the all the superstar players, all the attacking, all the attacking players, Mitchell Moses and all that kind of stuff, and and Gutherson and you know just bought like Campbell Gillard. And the Bulldogs had no one, and they nearly won the game. Yeah, they they were good. You just want them to try. That's what we said they last ripped, week. They, I know what sort of team they have, and they're, they're playing to that strength. I'm not sure if the Parramatta played so shit or the Bulldogs made them play shit. But the thing is, the Bulldogs. They can't sustain this sort of play, 80 minutes a game, for 26 rounds. I reckon they can. You know, do you reckon? Because I reckon it's taxing. It's taxing. Like Dylan Napper was making like 30 plus tackles. Tolman, uh, Josh Jackson, or, you know, uh, Joe Stimson. All these guys, like they were making some real, and they were working so hard. And as a forward, I would fucking hate it if I worked so hard and had no result. Yeah. No result. No repeat sets, no tries, not a fucking point. Like because our backs just don't pull the trigger. Mm. Like Lachlan, uh, Lachlan Lewis, just like he doesn't go. I think it's like maybe, I don't know. Like he goes maybe four meters to the line, and then he passes. I, I don't think. I think. I mean, they you need to go going... the line. As a, sorry, as a forward, I want my halfback going to the line. I know he's a great defender, but I want my halfback going to the line, getting hit like Josh Reynolds got fucking hit on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Tarek Sims monstered that kid, and he wouldn't stop. Mm. What did do you reckon, Josh Reynolds? Josh Reynolds don't give a fuck, man. He's tough. Skill level is probably not even near. No, I mean like as a, he's not near your your quintessential halfback 5'8", but he, he makes to up him, for you reckon, or no. Sims just go, no, no Sims is just that right I'm edge, man. He's like, bang, you come near you come near me, I'm going to fold your ribs. Mm. But, like, he takes, it takes balls to do that. But back to, back to, to Lewis, all I want as a back, if I'm a back rower, if I'm a front rower, I want my halfback going to the line, at least testing the line. Test it, like Andrew Johns did. Like, all your great... All the great halves did. Cooper Cronk, JT, all these guys, man, they went to the line. Kamali, Craig Gow, Brent Sherwin, Brett Finch. They don't go four metres for line and then dummy pass out the back. It's just, it's not good, man. Like, as a forward, as I'm saying, I said, you know, Adam Elliott played an outstanding game. Dylan Napper played so outstanding. But it looks like at the end of the day, you lose. And it's, it's heartbreaking because... I don't see him scoring so many points. They got no. That, that's and that's the problem. I reckon they are just going to all year. Every single game that Canterbury play is going to be awful to watch. That's what I'm saying, and it's taxing. You just, cannot do it, and you cannot sustain it for 26 rounds. You can. You if can't. That's all you got. No, you can't. I'm telling you, man. Like that was round one. It'll take them fucking two weeks to get over that game. It'll take a while because the game. I mean, obviously, recovery and everything is paramount these days, and you can do everything you want, but. I swear it's going to be taxing, man. You know, so I think, I mean, I love the way they played, but that's only one round. Yeah. And I just think, I think maybe the forwards can have a few more combinations. I think Elliot can link up with Napa, these front rollers. I mean, if the backs can't score, you can score on those edges. Yeah. Well, I also thought that, I mean, I, I don't mind the Broncos this year. I think Brody Croft... He did his no, job. Yeah. What about the Raiders and Titans? That was the, that was the other game. Do we ever want to? Talk about <laughs> I, I didn't game? even. I watched footy non-fucking stop, and I didn't watch their game. Sorry, no. keep going. Okay. No, Canberra. And to be fair, I Canberra tell you are what, too good. That halfback, I like him. Yeah, I was. I had. I had, I had. I had my. It takes a line. But I'm not going to give him credit just yet. I'm not going to anoint him because it's the Titans. Titans, yeah. 
they're going to have And I'm not even going to watch year. I don't want to watch It's a very, very, very long year for Titans fans, but there's only five of them, so it doesn't really matter. But, <laughs> mate, to be honest, I think the Broncos, um, th- that Ford pack is yeah. phenomenal. Um, they've got some some pretty good outside backs, and Brody Croft now is going to – he's not a superstar player, but he'll, he'll organise well. I Broncos, think I, I thought, Broncos I like. I thought he was outstanding. I think Seabold, you know, uh, look, the Seabold, jury's out on Seabold, but – I don't think I don't think he's the right coach for that club, but I think that forward pack just gets through. I mean, you can't coach Fafita to do that. No, it's a seventy meter try flat footed. Yeah. That's ridiculous, freaky, freaky shit. You know, like he out he he was flat footed. He beat two people. He gets through the line. He runs forty meters. He beats Valentine Holmes. He straightens back up. Three outside backs are coming for him, and he outruns them to the try line mm. in the sixtieth minute. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous what he did and everybody just sort of seems to go past it. But in this day and age, defenders are so good. They are so good and in every single minute of the game. For him to do that and just break that game open, they've got game breakers like Payne Haas and himself and uh, Pangai Jr., obviously, he's getting suspended. But, like, they've got some, they've got some brilliance like Carr- Carrigan, uh, Flegler, Flegler. Yeah. They've, they've got a really good balance, young. And they look, they're, they're hungry, man. Mm. And they they want to test, they want to test the waters. They're they're willing to go. They, I mean, like, gone to the old days where you know you might you might get in a fight. There might be shoulder charges. You might some bullshit like. This is like legit shit. Where it's just a mono a mono. Like you're just going to go crazy against each other. Going to hit legitimately. And I think if you do that, you're not going to beat Payne Haas, and you're not going to beat Fafita, mm. and you're not going to beat Pangai Junior. Pangai Junior just keeps shooting himself in the foot because he just does some dumb shit like that. You know, like I mean, he was defenseless. He's yeah, just an aggressive. He's, aggr- he he's an aggressive. He's an aggressive player, and he plays the game hard. But he doesn't. He plays it real. He, he doesn't slow down. Do you know what I mean? Like he 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 goes into everything one hundred percent. He runs one hundred percent. He tackles one hundred percent, which is all good. But when it thing when it's things like that, and you're one hundred and twenty kilos, and you and you can run and hit and do everything, you're going to do some damage. Yeah. You know, and Justin O'Neill was on the end of it. They're going to be at the, at the end, the Broncos. I think so. Now, the other game, I guess, that um, I tipped the Warriors to win the spoon. You tipped the Titans. and it, So I look at the Knights and the way that Warriors sort of capitulated against them. The, the Knights haven't had a, a zero scoreline for many moons now. Yeah. But that Warriors side, it's got a lot of work to do. Um, for round one, I think I was, I was I messaged a couple of boys. I was like, "Hey, look overweight." Yeah, yeah. I mean, like for round one, like uh, I'm not sure if it was the jerseys or anything like that. But usually the jerseys are pretty slick. The Canterbury they make some good jerseys and it's very fitted. But a couple of their forwards looked overweight. I'm like, if you're from the S and C, I'm like, what are you doing? Mm. You know, like uh, I, I think round one you should be looking mint. Everybody should be ripped. Most people, you know, like two of us checked. He looked, he only bloke who looked pretty f- like dynamite. Like, um, Fusatour and Marmalo, all these guys, it looked about one or two kilos, two or three kilos, maybe overweight. Just off the and pace. that's and that's terrible. Like, mm. you can't, they can't come out like that. They need to hit the ground running like they did a couple of years ago because you compare 2017 Warriors to this 2020 Warriors, like, when they come out round one, they Fucking hammered everyone. It was mm. ridiculous, and I was like, "That just looks. It looks a little bit different." I just don't. They're, they're not hitting it. I mean, I feel sorry for two of us as Sheck. He's um, 
I feel sorry for the whole Warriors at the moment with all this bullshit going on, but just strictly football, they're not playing a good brand of football, man. So who who do you reckon was the standout side of that round? Oh, that's hard. I think Penrith. To, to show that... Um, I'm not sure. You know, they just they were, they were against the back against the wall the whole time, and the, the Roosters come out flying. I don't think Pen- we we're, were messaging each other. Penrith come out probably the worst I've ever seen them. Mm. I don't. On, I honestly don't understand why you would start kick out from the bench. It's just dumb coaching. You know, he must have been and, injured. Or something. No, I'm not sure, I man. Know. I seen him at the nines, and everyone, they said he was under. I think I heard Cleary after. Oh, he's a little bit underdone. And no, nah, man, you just start that kid on the left edge and leave him there, and you just deal with everything else because he's so dynamic and he can change the game, and he proved it. I mean, it looks like he's a genius starting him from the bench, but no, he needs to start every game. Isaiah Yo needs to play in the on the other side, and Fisher Harris, which I think they've got it right now. He's good. Yeah, because he just player. works hard, and they got some great kit. They got, I mean, they got Tarmel. You know, they got they got a good team. And we talked earlier about coronavirus causing job loss. I think Mary McGregor doesn't <laughs> have to worry about coronavirus to lose his job, does he? I mean, no. that dragon side, woeful. I thought they were gonna. I thought they were gonna do it. I thought they were gonna beat him. I think with Tarek Sims and Tyson Frizzell, Paul Vaughan, the representative it's players, man. James Graham, English mm. player. You got four people: Isaac Luke, New mm. Zealand, Laurie, the lock. He's a he's a he's he um, well. he's playing well. Like yeah. he's kept Trent Merrin on the bench. Yeah, so he's doing something right. So like I look at that pack and I, I thought you know Corey Norman, uh, Ben Hunt. I'm like you know what they'll probably they'll probably beat the Tigers, but they just Corey Norman and Ben Hunt would not go nowhere near that line. Mm. Who are they scared of? Twelve. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Uh, Josh uh, LOA, they've, they've proved to me that they're, they're, they're going to be a force because mm. those kids were big and strong and mobile and were willing to just go that extra, that extra mile. They ran hard with skill, which is hard to, it's hard to coach. As I said, it's hard when you've got two front rolls and then a lock that can ball play, and that's what they've got. That's what Manly's got. Mm. You know, they've got Martin Tapao, uh, Fanul Blake, and then Jake Chaboyevich, Thompson and Sirenen, and then a good hooker. Like you know, that that's that's probably if I if I look, if I looked at all teams and said oh who, what's your best what's your best pack, most balanced pack is probably Manly mm. because you can't stop for and Fanul Blake and Tapao can both offload and they can both play out the back. You can't have your front you just two front rolls just hitting lines. You know like just oh you just get to the get to the right side of the post get to the left. They need to have a couple of little tricks in their arsenal. So that's what I'm saying. And just say if I was a young kid coming up in the game right now. I'd be just practicing my pass. If I was a big boy, practice my passing, practice my passing. My IQ of football would be so high that they could not pick me because that's what's happening these days. You can't be, you can't be one of those kids that are coming through that's bigger, stronger than everybody with no skill. You're just going to probably make it to Jersey flag and then get fucked off. But back to St George, I just thought St George and the Tigers. I just thought um, Luciano Leilua. He's good, great ball player. Yeah. Just a really good balance in that team. And the yeah. other kid, Garner. Garner's a really he, right he played good. He, yeah, he played good on that left edge. And Benji Marshall, man, he was special, bro. He was good. He was th- he's thirty five years old. He made he made him look like idiots. So he just put they just put everybody on um on watch. And I was just like I was impressed. I was impressed with the Tigers. You know Reynolds. He was he was mass he was massive. I mean just he's when you see a five eight or a half like that getting fucking flogged. If you're a forward, you're like all right. I want to get Tarek back, but I need to hit. I need to um I need to pick my game up. If could he's, be if just he's the doing dragons, that. The dragons could just be shit house. 
I'm not sure. Do you think they're that bad? Oh, I just I think, think, I mean, their halves need to really pick it up. I said Ben Hunt last week and I was like, you know what? They're going to start. I don't think there's a bigger half combination that is under more pressure. Mm. Why would, I mean, they're, on, they're all on, on a fucking a, a third of the fucking salary cap, both those blokes. You don't let me bring up the salary cap, so I don't know how you're just bringing it up now. It's a bit <laughs> rough. But anyway, let's move on to round two preview. Mm. So there's some interesting games here, not necessarily because there's, you know, those games where there's hate and there's, you know, local yeah, derby. I can't whatever, pick but it, there's man. just some interesting footy games here. Now, the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs are playing against the North Queensland Cowboys. North Queensland, I said last week I thought they would underperform again this year, and they did mm. nothing on Friday night that showed me that I'd made a wrong call on that. Apart from Town Malolo. But I mean, how good is he? Oh, but I don't know. Yeah. It's. I looked at that side and I thought Morgan didn't do enough. Their forwards didn't do Drink enough. Drinkwater outplayed Morgan. Consistently outplayed. Yeah. So now. Nissan Masters and Valentine Holmes. I'm not losing hope. I'm not. They're in my. Um... So do they beat Canterbury? No. I, I think the Bulldogs, if they play that same, if they have that same spirit and play with that same tenacity, same energy, if they come out and do that against the Cowboys, oh, fuck, I don't know. I'm sitting on the fence here because the Cowboys just got back. Josh you McGuire, Josh McGuire and McLean, Tal Malolo, and then you've got your back row, Cohen Hess and, uh, and Cooper. It's a pretty good pack, but is it ageing? I'm not sure. And can... Or maybe it's, maybe just Cooper's ageing. <laughs> Shout out Coops, he's a good man. He looks... He, yeah, he looks fit. <laughs> I, I don't know. The problem the dogs have got of can they score points? Yeah, I think so too. I, I think honestly think the Cowboys will win. I'm changing it because I just think... I think Morgan... Um, oh yeah, I think, more, I think Morgan will really pick his game up. And I think Drinkwater can keep impressing. Isan Masters are getting really good offloads. Um, Valentine Holmes, I think he was a little bit down last week. He's he dropped the ball. He scored a good try, which put him back on the board. But position positional wise, I think he was he was a little bit off. And I just think, you know, he was the best winger in the game. But I think as a fullback, he could be outstanding as well. But there's a couple of little things that um, that he can work on. I mean, online defence, he let that try in. I think he'll, he'll get better. He'll get he'll better. That's what I'm better. saying. I just think if he if he can hit his straps and you got some other kids, um, you know, playing some good football, he's still got Tamalolo there. That's why I keep giving it hope because they're such a he's such a great player. And Granville, I, th- I don't think they played that bad. I think the Broncos just stepped it up a little bit. I think on paper they're a good side. I just mm. don't know. If Paul Green has got the, you know, he hasn't got him going. I'm going. So who are we tipping there? I'm going to go the Cowboys. You just said the Dogs, and they're yeah, your favourite backer. Worst favourite. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I would love to tip Canterbury because I think North Queensland are pretty average. But I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna tip Canterbury. All right, I'm gonna we'll tip see. Canterbury. You can talk to yeah. me. Oh, that's I don't. With when no the game's confidence. playing, then we'll see. No confidence. St George. That's the claim- thing. This whole round, I've got no confidence picking anyone. I do because St George will 100% lose to Penrith. I can't. I There's can't confidence. say that. No, I can't I'm, say that. I'm going to go out of my way and back St George to beat Penrith. Is this because I said you're a favourite backer? And then no. straight away, no, the no, next no, no, game. no, 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 no. I, I just think St George can play way better. I think that forward pack has got too much class. They could not play worse. Is Tarek Sims suspended? I don't think so. Is he? I'm not sure. I don't. Th- was he reported? He was reported. I think he might be all right, but he has the worst record. Mm. Um, no, actually, I'll save my bet. I'll save my bet. We'll keep going. 
So hang on, are you going to pick St George? Or are you picking St George? No, I'll pick Panthers, but I'm saving oh, my bet. I'm, pay, I'm saving my bet. No, I'm not saying you have to bet on them. Just you've tipped yeah, but I'm going to put. Yeah. You've tipped them. I'm already ahead of on tips. See, how do we pick this? Broncos and rabbits. Broncos. You can For just me? you can out just all right. Broncos. Yep, I liked them. What do you I think? Thought, all right, what do you think of Latrell? I thought he was. I think Bennett's protecting him, and I think against one of the top sides, you can't afford to sit down. You star marquee fullback yeah. for 20 minutes of the game. You can't afford to do it. Well, and Bennett Johnson's says, all right, man. He's not a bad replacement. He's played for Australia. Yeah, but it's a waste of your bench players. Oh, 100%. I like agree. You look at, you, I agree, but I didn't know that he... I didn't understand, and I didn't know that he was going to take Latrell off. I thought he'd just play Latrell. I thought Luttrell. he'd move him in the centres. Yeah, I thought he would have moved yeah. And I was... Um, I was a bit surprised. I think Latrell didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything outstanding. It was a good, a good late offload there one time in the first half. Um, I don't think he really realises what sort of... Do you reckon of, he's sort of... His, posi- his position like... that he's in, they don't, you don't really realise what it entails. On the left edge for, for the Roosters, you had Kiri and then Boyd Cordner and play. then Latrell. He's not playing. No, I'm oh, just saying, for the fucking yeah, Roosters. Yeah. Okay, right. <laughs> so you got Kiri on, the, you got Kiri on that left side. So it was the most damaging side and the most prolific left side pretty much nearly in the history of the game. Mm. So Kiri, Boyd Cordner, Latrell, Tupo, Tedesco around the back. Yeah. That as a side, and then plus your front rollers on that that one front row, you might you might get uh, Hargraves or Takayaho around that other side as a as a dummy on your inside just to hold the markers and everything up, especially when you get in the middle of the field. And that is the most dynamic side I've ever seen. Boyd Cordner does his job. Tedesco's around the back. It makes everybody freeze when you've got four or five of the best players in their position. It's very hard to do as a defender. So that's why he was so outstanding. Now he's fullback, you know. And even even defending in the Roosters, you don't really have to work that hard on that left side because mm. people are passing left to right and they can't hit those big, those big shots. When you pass on, when you're on that right side, it's a bit different because everyone loves passing right to left. So if you're that right side center, that's why they get so they get pumped. The right side center and the right side wing and the back row and the and the five eight or halfback whoever's defending over there, they're under the pump because people love playing that way. Everyone's got a right footstep predominantly. Everyone loves passing right to left. Everyone's got that right offload, all that kind of stuff. So it's hard to defend there. Other side, not so much. So you can pick and you can pick and choose. You got Boyd Cordner next to you. Tupo makes the best decisions. Kiri's a really good defender. Then you're probably going to drag some middles like Takayaho, Jake Friend. It's very easy. Now who you got? Mm. You know, and now you swapped the whole position. Now you've got to sit back and control that whole defensive line. You've got to tell forwards which side to go. These big forwards in the middle, you've got young kids who aren't seasoned pros like they would be at the, the Roosters, where Teddy just goes, you know, Jack Hargrave's friend, Takeaho, they know what they're doing. Mm. So he's gone to the he's gone to South, he's gonna be fullback. I'm not sure if he's the loudest bloke on the field. But he needs to be, because just, he needs he needs he needs to be telling these young kids because they've got a lot of young kids in that middle. Tom Burgess is probably the senior most senior player in that team. Can you honestly middle. say that that South pack can hold up that Broncos pack? No, I Looking can't. At, I, I mean, cannot honestly say that. Through. But I'm just saying it's so important online defence. What Latrell tells these middles to do because he's a very highly respected person in the team, and as a fullback and as a player. So if you're telling these young kids who are coming off the bench to go right, they're going to listen to you. And then on film, they probably should have went left and you're telling them right. Mm. Like these kids, they're not, they can't think on their feet like middles, like really good vet 
seasoned vet middles do. So he needs to tell these kids what to do. And even in the middle of the field, he needs to be conducting everything. I don't think people realise what it entails to be a fullback because Billy Slater changed the game. I don't he think was Trill realizes either. Just well, I think you know. Stage. I think he'll Not he'll gradually. Anyway. I think it'll take it maybe maybe four to six weeks to get to get to to whatever he does. You know, he needs to support both sides of the ruck. He needs to be on the right left, on the right edge, the left edge, everybody, everywhere. Like Billy Slater has set the bar so high for fullbacks, it's ridiculous. And who are you picking? Out of what? <laughs> Broncos. <Are you> <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> so you go on the Broncos. All right. So then. We are moving on to the next game, which is the Warriors versus the Raiders. We don't need to talk about that. The Raiders just win. What now. about this? What, what, what do you think of this whole situation with the Warriors? They're, they hold the key to this whole NRL. They're yeah. like, nah, fuck yous. We're done. If they leave, the What happens? Gone. This is going to be like the replacements. Remember that movie? Actually, it probably would be. Well, I think so yeah. because I think, I think the NRL are willing to go, you know what? If you go back home... We're going to keep. We're going to continue, mm. and we'll get the players. As you said, it's only seventeen players. You got a top twenty-five. They will fill in those spots, and I think the Warriors realise that they're a proud. They're a proud country. They're a proud team, and I think they'll just do whatever they need to do to keep this NRL does that, thing does that running. Make the up, though? No, man. I think this year it's going to. It's such a fucking strange year. Shit's just going to have to get done. The replacements. They'll make a movie about this. You can play yourself. <laughs> you <know. laughs> The Roosters up against the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles. Ooh. Manly, Manly weren't bad last week. Melbourne were just better. Um, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. What is it? 17 first round games oh, they never in lose. a row? Yeah, they never lose. So I tipped. So I got some I 2002, tipped, yeah. 17 in a row. Whatever. Did you? Okay. <laughs> now, I, yeah, no I don't know. Cap. Look, the Roosters, the Roosters are $1.50 there. Mm. Oh, $1.50 seems pretty short against the Manly Sea Eagles. Is it Leichhardt Ovals? Yeah, because everyone's playing anywhere now. Where do the Roosters have a home? They don't have a home ground now. No, they don't. So what uh, do they do? I think they'll play just up do the your best. Coast. No one play at Lyle Peacock anyway, in Toronto. Yeah, you'll be all right. I th- I'm going um, to go uh, the Sea Eagles. I think the Roosters are a little bit down at the moment. Are you really? Yeah. I just think they're gonna. it's going to take a while for the halves to get some combinations. I mean, they looked unreal against Penrith, but Penrith were fucking awful in that first 30 minutes, 30, 40 minutes. They were really bad. Mm. They couldn't do anything right. And I think the Roosters maybe, they'll probably start the year off a little bit slower, maybe the first four games. But I think I think Manly, as I said, they've probably got the most well-balanced pack. You know, you've got Tapao, Danny Levi. I think, he, I think Levi can't really play 80 at the moment, and he's a little bit he's a little bit raw because the way that they play, and Des really doesn't really want his nines traditionally running because he's a he's a runner. Levi's a runner, so he just wants to catch and pass, catch and pass. He needs to find his find his role in that game. They brought that young kid Croker on. They just lost all their all their momentum that they built in that game. It was hard, and it's hard to build momentum against Melbourne. So I think with Sirenin and you know with Tapao. Fanul Blake, Jake Trebojevic, shout out to Jake Trebojevic, 80 minutes, 40-plus tackles. Like, is he serious? Like, off of recon- full reconstruction? Like, it was unbelievable. Some of the tackles that he was making, like, he'd ne- like I could never make any of those tackles. It's ridiculous. Like, you only f- made four again. 40-plus tackles and, like, I think about 15 hit-ups and about 25 touches. What he does for that team is phenomenal. Like, so I just think people should really, like, look at that and what he's done to get back. And Manly supporters would really know the diehards, but, like, to get back from a full reconstruction for round one in those limited weeks and to get back and make those tackles and put his body on the line, nobody does that. 
The best thing about this being recorded is that on a number of occasions you've now said that Manly have got the best forward pack. So if the Roosters beat them, they're none from two and you look... Well, like who do you reckon's got the best forward pack? Broncos. Balanced. I like the Broncos. I reckon that yeah, Turpin's right. good. I like him. So you're tipping Manly, I'm tipping the Roosters. I'm not letting you change your mind on that one because... Uh, <laughs> Cronulla versus the Melbourne Storm. Cronulla, I don't know. I just think Cronulla a struggle this year. Fafita only played, he played less than 40 minutes. Yeah, I know, but his first 40 was outstanding. I mean, he's, the 40 oh, minutes that he did play, but I think he just, he can't sustain that, the the power that he's generating through that big rig of his um, and the way that he wants to play in his head, his body's not allowing because his knees aren't allowing it, which is, it which is a shame. him to come out and say, oh, my knees are that bad? Like, if you're playing, are you just... Absolutely, exoset missiling at his legs every time now. Well, I mean, you can't really do that in a game, but I mean, he shouldn't. He shouldn't say that. People wouldn't intentionally try and go at his knees because that's just fucking wrong. And um, yeah, I think it was wrong for him to say that. But sometimes when you get caught, when you get in these interviews and they ask about your body, and he's like, "Yeah," but it's all taken out of context. He didn't yeah. like. He didn't come out and make it. It was, it was a big, um, big statement. How are your knees? Was, how yeah, are your how knees? are your knees? Yeah, how are your knees? The interview, I swear, didn't didn't go. How are your knees? He doesn't give a f- you know, like it would have just went along. It would have been a 20-minute interview. And he goes, yeah, my knees are pretty busted, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then they go, fuck, his knees, his knees are done. So that's You're the king. It. You were the king of not listening to oh, interview mate. questions. That was – Fucking hell. He came out with some of the best of all time. So <laughs> it's Mel- all taken out of context. All out of context. <laughs> like your tweets when people steal your phone. Uh, so Melbourne Storm win that, yes? I think the Sharks were, were pretty impressive. How good did Sean Johnson play? Yeah, he you- was – I'm, I'm always hard, I'm a bit harsh on him because I know what sort of talent he has. He it sucks because I know he's like a top ten talent ever. You know, so ever. I think I think Aaron Woods played his one of his best games. Hmm. He played outstanding, offloads, footwork at the line, some couple of little maneuvers from the half, from the nine, show one side, go the other side. You know, he's got looks like he's got his, he's found his feet there. He's got his starting spot back, and he wasn't off the bench for the last. You know, like I think mostly last year when he came over from the Bulldogs, he um. You know, he played a lot off the bench. So it looks like he played really well. They've got some good young kids. Got Jerry, Bronx Sherry to come back. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, um, I'm not doubting them, but I just don't think they'll be good enough for the Storm, even though it is, a, it is a game where they hate each other. But Gal's not playing. A lot of those players who they hated, who hated each other, they're all, they're all retired or they're mm. out. Hate's a strong word, isn't it? Eh? Dislike. Dislike. Strong dislike. There's a real your, strong dislike. Your new favourite team, I, I, I bagged the Tigers last week, which I probably shouldn't have, but they've actually come into favouritism against the Newcastle Knights, which I think... Looks even, isn't it? Dollar ninety. Uh, yeah, well, they're slight favourites. I, I still think Newcastle will win that game. I mean, it's hard to gauge that Newcastle game because they're playing against the Warriors, and the Warriors, obviously... Yeah. What I've seen, I've seen a team that was willing to roll their, sh- roll their sleeves up because the Warriors, regardless, they're going to show up physically. Yeah. They're going to give it to you. They might, they might not put the, the whole fancy show on like they used to, but they're the sort of team that it's going to be physical. You just call Cal- them Cal- Cal- fat literally 10 minutes well, They look ago, overweight. I'm telling you, they so look overweight, fat. but they're physical. They're still going to give it like... Physically fat. Yeah. But Ponga was really impressive. He didn't make a clean line break, but he made over 200, 230 metres, I yeah. think. Tough meters. Every single meter was earned. Yeah. Piercy looked like a, he put, he looked like the old Piercy. Mitch Barnett was he stood up defensively. They did. Um, I just think you know. I, I think you can't really gauge your first round because you'd be thinking Canberra's going to win the comp because they played the Titans. So this game, the Warriors were really bad. 
But the Knights played good. They showed signs. I think, you know, there's a couple of little things that they need to change with their attack, their back rowers, like Lachlan Fitzgibbon, that left side is so potent a couple of years ago. He can't seem to hit a hole these days. He's mm. defensive, he defensive, defensively, he was all right. But I think he got the ball maybe four hit up, four hit ups. As a left side back rower, you get the ball all the time. It should be twenty touches at least a game. So one thing I was feeling, I just about, think I tipped Ali M. Kalen Ponga this year, and he played all right, and he didn't get a point last year. He was getting well. Bobcat right? was the fucking judge. Well, can you? Who are you heading? You? I bet he picked all forwards. Actually, probably. <laughs> I know that Clem. Piece. I know that Clem got three, so I'm pretty sure it would have followed. I reckon PC would have got yeah. one. PC got one. Ponga. Everyone who's now the Daly M judge of Newcastle games, Kalen Ponga needs to get all the points. <laughs> the last game of the round is. It the was Clemmer Barnett and Pierce. I remember reading it the other day. Was it? Okay, let's we'll fact check that. It still wasn't Kalen Ponga, so I don't <laughs> yeah, know. he deserved one. The Titans against the Eels. <laughs> Uh, Titans, Eels win that. Where's it played at? Metricon oh, who, who Stadium. Is what is There's it? No like, is it like a, it's a normal is it, Titans is it, home game. With is, it, no is, it, is, it, is it? Is it? Is that the rule? Is it in place? Five hundred people? No, no one can go. So no one can. No go. one can go. Okay, no. that's fair. Um, so it's a normal. It is game a normal game. It's a normal game for the Titans. Parramatta should really show what they've been promising for the last, you know, twelve months. Mm. And they should put him to the sword, I think. There's a couple of players, as I said a couple of weeks ago, that shouldn't be in first grade, you know, at the Titans. They're struggling to find a 17. Mm. Um, but who knows? Stranger things have happened. But I don't Not think it's this week. There's enough strange things going on in the world. So we're tipping, we're both tipping the Eels there. Mm. There's, one, there's two ways of looking at that Parramatta comp, that Parramatta game last week. You can either go, Parramatta played shit house, mm. or you can go, Parramatta toughed out a win, which they're not used to yeah. doing. So I'm sure the Parramatta fans are looking at it that way. If they have to tough out a win against the Titans, though, I would suggest <laughs> that the Eels are in shock. Yeah, yeah. One thing that we did last week was we had a thing called take stock. So we essentially picked five teams each, uh, and then we're going to see how they go through the year. Will, you picked Melbourne, the Eels, the Cowboys, the Broncos and the Knights. Do you feel as though you need to sell any of those because they performed poorly? Well, they all performed oh, what, 4-1. The Bron- I mean, the Cowboys lost and I'm going to give the Cowboys an extra, an extra week to get their shit together because I'm pretty sure with Josh Maguire back, Asiata back to the bench... That combination gets a little bit better. Morgan probably probably going to play a better game. So I'm going to give him a I'm going to give him another chance, and I'm not going to let any of those other guys go because they all won. Yeah, no, they did. I'm not. I, I picked the Roosters, the Knights, the Eels, the Raiders, and the Panthers. Uh, the Roosters obviously got beaten by yeah. the Panthers, but I but still think they'll still win the comp. So who cares? Comp. So Ooh. yeah, comp. Round and one predictions. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm going to retain my portfolio. I yeah. don't think I need to change anything. Uh, I'm just glad that you've got the Cowboys because at some point you're going to have to sell them because they are my sticker of the year. Now, William, we are actually part of the Handshake Media Network, which is uh, it's great to be a part of. And I'll tell you what, they do some good stuff. They do a lot of other podcasts as well, which yeah. you caught last week. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I caught uh, Mr. Burns, a.k.a. Harry Sheeran, last week's episode of The Green Room. It's weird. Yeah, it's, it's very weird. He looks exactly like him. He actually does. He looks exactly like the character that he says, <laughs> unlike you, who look nothing like Willie Mason. <laughs> now, we are actually a team here. We're all part of 
the one network and so I would suggest that everyone gets out there and listens to the other podcasts on this network because there's some pretty good stuff. Probably it is. better than us. Oh, I don't think I, I think they're up there with us. Are we still the best? Easily. Easily. Uh, all right. Now, what we did last week, as we said we were going to do, was we had a little punt. Oh, uh, did we? Yeah, we had a little punt. I put it on for us. We yeah. had $50. I don't really... But anyway, as a team, <laughs> we're up $90. One team, one dream. Why is that? One team. Why are we up, you mean? Because If anybody followed and everybody, anybody listened last week and they listened to me... They would have won some fucking serious they cash. Because you got $2.80 for 1 to 12 Panthers. And Manly let me You're know welcome. That. You're welcome. Yeah, well, it's a team here. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we're up $90. <laughs> and so basically we're adding 100 bucks to the kitty this week. Um, so we've now got $190 in the kitty. Ooh. What is your bet for the year? For the week this week, what we're going to do is we'll just for now we'll just have fifty bucks a week, but we might change that up if there's someone who feels very strongly about something. Oh, I'm 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 fifty dollars on the Eagles, two fifty five, one to twelve. Yeah, you're going there. So you think the Roosters will lose two games? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Right. I think I mean they've got a couple of key players out. They've lost Cronk. They've lost Latrell. Zane Tedavano's been a big loss you're in the middle. Taking them head to head, or you're taking them one to twelve. 1 to 12. All right, I reckon you'll get about three dollars seventy on that. That's not yeah. bad at all. All right, uh, I'm going to take the Knights over the Tigers, uh, mm, and I'm going to take all the ninety. No, one to twelve. Oh, one to twelve. What's that? One to twelve is three dollars ten. Okay, so I'm going to take the Knights one to twelve. I think they're overs there, and uh, we'll see how we go. And what we're going to do, as we said, we're just going to uh, pick a junior club. Um, and we'll, we haven't sorted that yet, have we? No, what we'll do is we'll probably have a, a like some sort of competition. <coughs> and, Scorpions. Well, they can join up <laughs> if they want. But yeah, it'd be good if we could find some some junior clubs that I guess come from some areas that are doing it a bit yeah. tough, especially with the bushfires and especially with. Like the, that. I mean, everything's been cancelled. I mean, all New South Wales rugby league, Queensland rugby league. It's all done. Unless yeah. you play NRL, you're not playing football. No, so, my young blokes had you know, all this footy um, cancelled. I don't you know, know what I'm doing these, my weekends. You know, that's, that's who I feel sorry for. The, the kids that are aspiring to play first grade, you know, unless you're in their top 17, you're not travelling with the team. So it, it sucks for, on every single level. I just feel sorry for all, all players, all sports people all around the world. I mean, the M- NBA, N- NCAA has been cancelled. The NFL don't give a fuck. They just go, we're going to start whenever we want. But like all sports have been affected by this. And if you're a young sports kid, don't get deflated because, you know, I think sports sports is a thing that we usually turn to in our, you know, hardest times. And this is, we, we can't do it. Usually after some sort of, you know, like big tragedy, like world wars and stuff like that, that always reflect on a, on a massive game. We can't do that anymore. We've got to find something else. And, um... You know, if you're a young if you're a young kid out there who's playing who's playing rugby league or AFL or whatever sport, just keep keep dreaming and keep keep playing your sport and keep training, keep and keep keep doing those things because you know it sucks for everybody at the moment. You know, um, I feel for everyone. Well, we are going to self isolate ourselves in our underground bar for another week, and yeah. we will be with you again next week. We will have hopefully uh, the games don't get caught off from now yeah. on, and the NRL keeps going so that we've got something to talk about. But either way, we will be here next yeah. week. We will record. I mean, we, I mean, this it, is it is this it is. It's a podcast. We talk about we talk about things. It's not just rugby league. It's ma- it's mainly rugby league. We talk about life. We talk about whatever we want. 
Um, but yeah, we're going to keep on, keep on keeping on, and we'll be here every week. And we look forward to speaking to you then. Have a good week, everyone. Cheers, guys. They'll be following Willie Moore and Moore. Oh, Back in the NRL is Willie Mason. I've forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie at the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25-minute man. Plus. Oh, you got skills, son. Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Too fancy for you. You've been listening to The Take with Willie Mason and co-host Ian Byrne. Produced by Craig Trewick, recorded and engineered by Zig Parker of Green Room Sydney, and presented by the Handshake Media Network. 